Okay, everybody, welcome to another episode of Rocker Mike and Rob Presents. We have a special show today. Uh, we have two fantastic guests. On the left, on the bottom, we got Mr. Sean Stone. He's a filmmaker, author, historian, TV host, and a guy just like his father, Oliver, is not afraid to dig into conspiracies and face everything head on. Um, thank you for coming on, Sean. And we got Carl DeNaro on the top right. Carl, uh, if you remember, we have been doing a series called The Son of Sam Chronicles with him. Carl is a Son of Sam shooter survivor. Uh, he was involved in the second shooting in 1976, October of that year. Hello, Carl. Welcome back. How you doing, Mike? Sean, All right. Good, good to see you. Good to you see you all of you. Yeah. Okay. Now, Sean, um, your most recent project is the uh, that's out is the best kept secret series that people can see on streaming services right now. Um, I believe no, it's no, no, what's that? Not on streaming services. No, only on iconic David Icke's web platform. Otherwise, it's on Vimeo on demand. Okay, you're right. Not yeah. streaming. I got no, you. I, that's kind of no what I meant. Stream, no okay, platforms. Right, right. Vimeo has it. Uh, also, you got your website, uh, seanstone.info. Everything is is on there. People can check it out. Um, this series is amazing. Uh, you touched on so many different topics, but really it was a a five-part thing on the New World Order, okay? And your the way this all comes together with cults and Satanism and, uh, you know, the CIA, MK Ultra stuff and you put it all together and, and, and put a nice big bow on the whole thing. And um, the last episode, you started out talking in the beginning of the show about the Son of Sam. Okay. And that's why I have you guys here today. I'd like to dig in on that a little bit. Now, Carl, you, um, like I said, was a, a Son of Sam shooter survivor. October 23rd, 1976. Can you just kind of tell us what happened to you? Um, yeah, it's it, it's not that uh, it's not that interesting of a story. I uh, I wound up uh, hanging. I was in my in the bar hanging out with my friends. Uh, ran into uh, a college uh, friend of mine, Rosemary Keenan. Um, we decided to uh, to leave. Uh, got in a car. Uh, in essence, to uh, go out and, and go go to a car and make out, and um, we drove around for a little bit in my neighborhood and uh, found a found a, a suitable spot to park the car. And um, we were sitting there maybe I don't know three, four, maybe five minutes, and uh, <clears throat> my my life changed forever. Uh, <clears throat> You know, I didn't realize it at the time, but I was uh, shot in the back of the head. And, uh, you know, we, uh, Rosemary drove back to the bar. I got out of the car, went into the bar, and um, and that's when everyone realized I I, got, I better get to the hospital. So it's uh, that that part of the story is, um, it, it's, it's you know, it's really not much to talk about. It's the ensuing 45 years that... Uh, Make, uh, that makes the story interesting. Well, just to put it all into context, this was technically the second shooting in the in the series of shootings, but uh, no one at that point knew there was any 
you know, involvement or, or commonality between the first shooting, which, which was in the Bronx and yours. And, uh, for right. months, you, yeah, for months you didn't, mm-hmm, I'm sorry. sorry. I was going to say for months that you, you didn't, uh, there was no even thought of that. No, it was, um, like you said, second victim. So there was no, there was no son of Sam or 44 caliber killer for another six months. So, um, when my shooting happened, uh, it went down, uh, as per the cops, it went down as a, a, a drug deal gone bad. Um, you know, back in the day I had, you know, long hair and, uh, I did smoke a lot of pot, uh, but I wasn't a drug dealer and I knew, I knew, it, it, I knew it wasn't, I wasn't shot because, uh, because of a drug deal, but, um, <clears throat> I couldn't prove it to anyone, but, uh, Six months later, uh, after the fifth shooting, the uh, the mayor of New York and the police commissioner announced that uh, these uh, so you know uh, random shootings uh, were not random at all, and they were all all done by uh, uh, the son of Sam, actually the forty-four caliber killer. Right, right. Now, you know, years later, you became acquainted with Maury Terry, who is you know, the, the, was the authority on this. He did pass away a few years ago. Uh, he wrote a book called the ultimate evil. Sean, are you familiar with that book? I believe you are, right? Oh, sure. It was a, it was a powerful, powerful book. And, uh, yeah. you know, my just sort of research, you know, sinister forces and, uh, mm-hmm. that probably led me to ultimate evil. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been re-released and there was that great Netflix series last year that really kind of brought the story out again, which got us, interested in doing shows about it and all that and connected us with call. Now, call, you also wrote a book. I just want to show everybody here called the son of Sam and me and the truth about why I wasn't shot by David Berkowitz. Okay. Now that's where I'd like to go to now because the consensus with everybody in 1977, when Berkowitz was shot, was, was, uh, was captured is that he was the only shooter. And, uh, we know through Maury Terry's research of many years, and uh, you were involved with some of that research later on, uh, that that's not true. So um, let me ask you this. What, when did you become aware, Carl, of that idea that it wasn't Berkowitz? Um, well, there was a few things, uh, you know, uh, Reading Maury Terry's book, first of all, in 1987, uh, turned me on to the uh, the whole concept of a conspiracy. Uh, there was some talk in the newspapers, um, but, you know, there's a lot of talk in the newspapers. So uh, I learned uh, at an early age to, um, you know, kind of read between the lines and not believe everything I read in the newspaper. Um, you know, uh, just... <laughs> For example, they they in one article they had me um, they had my occupation listed as a sometimes dishwasher, so <laughs> so just uh, yeah so that just just a little humor inject a little humor uh, to to show that uh, just because you read it in the newspaper doesn't make it true. Right. Um, so um, you know I re- you know re- read more Terry's book and um, you know. Uh, all the information that he put in about the son of Sam um, was uh, to me very believable and um, 
you know, pretty much uh, crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's. Um, I don't agree with with uh, his entire uh, thesis on, uh, you know, the um, <clears throat> the uh, uh, Charlie Manson connection out in California, but uh, most of the other stuff uh, I I believe, and um, the way he laid it out, uh, I, I I think there's uh, there's more than enough uh, circumstantial evidence to uh, to uh, support his theory. Now, over the years, Maury Terry uh, was able to interview Berkowitz while he was in prison, and he admitted that uh, there were certain murders that he did not do, that there were other people that were involved with this, and uh, particularly people based around Untermeyer uh, Park, okay, and uh, in, in Yonkers, and uh, there was the, the 22 children which was the group of cultists that were in that park. Um, Sean, I know that that that, that kind of means a little something personal to you, Untermeyer uh, Park, because it had a the, the old name of it before it was Untermeyer was Greystone. Well, I don't know if it's personal to me. It was I brought this up in Best Kept Secret. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if it was a different name. I think the mansion, right? The Untermeyer mansion was called the Greystone. It was, right. it was, well, when Sam Untermeyer bought it from Sam Tilden, who was a New York governor, ran for president, like around 1870, uh, later on, Untermeyer bought it and it was called the Greystone Estate. Mm, okay. okay. Right. And yeah, yeah. And he built, I don't know if there was structures on the land before, but he built everything there with a lot of uh, very interesting symbolism and 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 things going on that i've been there okay and uh in fact carl has not and we hope to get there sometime soon but uh i've been there and uh it's a very strange place uh very quiet you don't hear a bug or a bird or anything okay nothing you know you can walk around there and you can drop a dime and hear it it's like dead it's like dead, dead. like dead. nothing lives there that's what that's what it feels like mm -hmm. and uh yeah I can see that you have to look at the symbolism. I mean, mm -hmm. you always ask yourself, you know, when you have uh, satanic cults that gather, right? You know, what is it drawing to them, them to that location? You know, is it ley lines? Is it, um, you know, a dark history? Is it, uh, you know, again, like the space, you know, you basically call it a temple, right? Just right. the same way that, you know, you can gather to, to praise God and to worship. You know, you can also gather to basically, uh, uh, you know, praise the darkness, uh, raise the darkness, raise hell all that kind of stuff, these things become almost like stargates, actually, in a way, right? right? Yeah. The kind of energy that that's, that is, uh, you know, intended. So Greystone was a mental hospital in Jersey, still is, I think, the but the old Greystone, we used to go ghost hunting there and find all kinds of indications about the, the, the satanic groups that would go there to do their rituals. Likewise, in, um, we used to go up to a Rockland area, to uh that 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 famous mental hospital that um Geraldo actually did, did a little expose on it, it was it was for uh children it was called letchworth letchworth and, i remember that yes yeah very 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 dark uh history there and um a lot of uh indications again of of satanic rituals going on so you know obviously like i said it's like they turn it into their temple using all that negative energy all that um right 
you know, the, the, the mental patients coming through there with some of whom are demon possessed, uh, horrible things happen inside those asylums, just like in prisons, right? Sometimes mm -hmm. much worse, you know, the rape and the, you know, uh, people dying. Uh, Greystone, I think, had, a, I heard like 3,000 bodies that were buried there, you know, that dying yeah. over the years. Yeah. So, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So it's a lot of energy to draw upon. And so I was always interested. In fact, I, I was trying to get a hold of Maury before he passed away when I was investigating this stuff back in 2010. And I was going to ask him if he had ever come across any of the connection between the satanic cults operating in the, um, the Yonkers area up to uh, maybe up to Rockland, you know, to see if maybe some of the same people might be. Call, can you call? Can you answer that? Because you were close with Maury. Yeah, no, he, Maury never mentioned, uh, mentioned that to me. Um, you know, I think I think he had his hands full with uh, the son of Sam and Untermeyer. Sure. But, uh, yeah, I, I I don't recall him mentioning that. Another yeah. place that uh, has that similar vibe, kind of what you're talking about, Sean, is Pilgrim State out on Long Island. Mm. Okay, uh, most of the buildings are closed. I I went there exploring as a high school kid, and. I'll never forget the feeling it was going into some of those buildings. Okay. That was just totally empty, broken down. And the history, everything's still left there. Like they could just pick it up tomorrow and st start operating on somebody, you know, as everything was still there. Exactly. And, and, and but you, weird noises and, and just a weird feeling in there. And uh, at Untermeyer, it's, it's similar. It's a weird feeling. You don't, you don't hear anything. Like I said, it's very quiet. But there's an unsettled, unsettling feeling to it. And I think that places like that attract people like that. Mm. Okay. I was a big Stephen King fan growing up. I read all his books in the 70s and 80s and everything. And uh, one part of the book, uh, Salem's Lot, that I always remembered, and I think they say it in the film as well, is, uh, you know, could a, could a house be so evil that it just attracts evil? Okay, mm -hmm. and and I think that Untermeyer Park is like that. Um, it, we did a, a history of Untermeyer Park on another podcast, and uh, we got into the whole thing. Who, who was Samuel Untermeyer? That was my my big my big question. Who was this guy? Mm -hmm. And there's not a lot of information about him. It isn't like there's a biography or anything like that. But we dug up quite a bit with him. Uh, that definitely. Could you could see how it might be a place that would attract these kinds of people because he was supposedly a member of the Golden Dawn. Yep. Really? Okay, mm -hmm. right. Now, David Berkowitz himself has said this. Okay. Carl, was it with the interview with Moria? When did David first release that information? I, I, I believe it was the um I believe it was the second interview with Maury. But right, I'm, I'm not sure. He uh, he did he did two series with uh, Barkowitz, so uh, one in 1993, mm -hmm. um, I believe. Um, I think uh, I think that was broken up into three uh, three segments, and then uh, he did another another set of interviews um, with uh, Sarah Wallace in uh, 1997, I believe. Okay. All right. Now. Um, what we dug into when we were doing our research on that is he was a member of the Golden Dawn at the same time that Alistair Crowley was here and living yep. in New York. Yep. And this is like 
pre-World War One, slightly before that, around 1914, 1915. Uh, the interesting thing, too, was Untermeyer's wife. She was a what used to be called a patron of the arts, okay? She kind of like would throw big parties at the mansion and uh, kind of like bring the latest musicians or latest poets or authors around. Crowley had come to New York and had, one thing he did all the time was sell his books. That's how he made money, uh, among other things, okay? He had a lot of books on the occult that he had written and had brought over to the United States. Uh, I, I mean, you know, there's no direct link. There's nothing saying Crowley and him hung out at the mansion or anything like that, but it would make sense. It's not much of a jump to say, here's a woman who is involved in the arts, and you have Crowley who's hobnobbing with a lot of artists and musicians and stuff like that at the time. Well, here's, so, no, here's another uh, component, because, I mean, Crowley always... It's like six degrees. It's like six degrees of Alistair Crowley, right? Yeah, it leads <laughs> back to him, right? <laughs> it's, it's super interesting. Uh, yeah. But the Greystone Manor, I had heard in California in L.A., um, which also had a little bit of haunted history. I think it was there was a, some kind of murder there in, at some point, murder suicide or something like that. Right. Uh, uh, apparently, Crowley was involved in drawing up the plans. I had read at one point for that. Wow. Crowley himself. Yeah. Wow. Really? And that's that was out in L.A.? That's out there still, yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that. Wow. Okay. Okay. It's like you say, six degrees of separation. Everything goes back to him. Of course, with all the musicians and I believe uh, uh, Jimmy Page still lives in his house, right? I believe he still lives there. No, I don't think so no? anymore. No, he sold it? Doesn't live there anymore? Yeah. Okay. He lived there for a while. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. But... um. Wit Untermeyer also is uh, um, the the place itself has like the kind of like an Assyrian kind of architect architecture to it, and kind of like something that you'd see almost in uh, maybe pagan Rome or or something like that. There's like a at the Medusa, Medusa right yeah. in the in the temple. It's called a temple. And there's, there's like a Medusa head in the tiles. Okay. That area is actually being renovated right now. So we couldn't get in there last year when we went there, but uh, you could see it from the distance and it's like, yeah, it's still there. It was, a, there was like a pool with little waterfalls all around it and everything. And uh, it just, it, there's also a, another spot with two Roman columns that, that are actual Roman columns. They imported them from Rome. They were like 2000 years old. And they were brought, and it looks right out onto the Hudson River. And there's a bunch of, like, tile with design in it where you stand. There's, like, a bench. But we were told that in the 70s, there was a way to lift up those tiles. And there was another, like, thing underneath that you can go into that was like an altar under there. Okay? Now, why would that be there? Okay, that you know, why would you put that there? There's there's something to it. Okay, do you agree? Have you have you been up there, Carl? No, I, believe it or not, I probably live closer than anyone to uh, to Yonkers, but I've never been there. I mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I've I've only been in Yonkers once in my life, and that was for a 
for Maury's uh, funeral. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually drove, we actually drove by onto Meyer Park, but uh, we didn't stop. But um, Rob and uh, Mike are going to get me up there uh, as soon as the <laughs> weather. So the weather, I'm, I'm a little, I'm old. It's too cold for me to be uh, uh, hiking and onto Meyer. <laughs> I'm waiting, I'm waiting for the weather to hit six, uh, the, the temperature to hit 75. That'll be soon, another month or two. Yeah. Hey, Mike, come to yeah. Florida. <laughs> do you remember that um it was like on between fifth and sixth, there was that that bookstore that sell magic, like they sell like 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 magic. Magic, magical child on nineteenth street. Magical child, and they yeah. used to have that they had all these hoods in the back, and people used to go back there. You know, you know that that place was pretty much a satanic temple that would go play to, to a statue of Satan or whatever it was. But it was pretty crazy. You would see people going to the magic store, mm-hmm. buy a book. And I remember being a kid that had candles to like to burn. They had powder. They had all kind of book of magic. And in the end, you had these hoods, and people would go back there. They put the magic. hoods on, and they went in the back. Yeah, was, I, I, was, I remember that. It was I so weird. That. It was such yeah. a weird time. And I remember going in there just feeling like this, like, Feeling up despair, like what the hell's going on? And like it was like a very like empty, like it was like I need to get out of here. Like anytime I went there, I couldn't last long. It was crazy. Yeah, well, Sean, Sean, didn't didn't you do? Uh, you did an interview with uh, Peter Lavenda, right? Well, Lavenda obviously uh, used to work there, right? The magic yeah. crowd. He was part of that whole network. Uh, never quite fully explained the his relationship to the publication of the Necronomicon, which. Necronomicon also brings up Greystone. <laughs> it's yeah. right. It's part of uh, it's part of the Mad. Uh, that was his name, Alhazred, or whatever. The Mad Arab. When he he basically has his initiation to the spiritual world to the to the demons. He sees a Greystone, and they, these guys are basically are doing a ritual, conjuring a, a serpent or some kind of a demon from the Greystone. It's like it's just so amazing, like all these synchronicities. Yeah. And um, and then Lavenda, obviously. Um, you know, he, he's been looking at the Son of Sam uh, case from the perspective of like who is Mr. Real Estate, as they call it, right? The mm-hmm. one, of the, one of the more wealthy, powerful men, you know, potentially involved in the uh, maybe even organizing the cult because the cult seems to have um, levels to it, you know, and this is why I brought up, you know, even the idea of connections to other to other areas, because if you're really looking at it from a top down perspective, uh, a cult that would ultimately operate to, you know, go out there and and murder, right, and bring that kind of chaos. Well, they're they're probably, um, you know, there there have to be higher ups, you know, whether they're connected to intelligence, oftentimes, right, the intelligence apparatus, be it like you know CIA type of elements, um, uh, and then people within the political structure that essentially can uh, the political slash you know Masonic, let's say, structure that basically can say, okay. You know, it's time to do this, and uh, and you guys, you know, will basically be able to operate until you know we need a scapegoat at some point. But um, yeah, these things don't just happen because you know a bunch of people feel like, hey, we're gonna hang out in the woods and you know start sacrificing rabbits, and then yeah, you know what, let's go out and start killing people. Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> it takes a little bit of a little bit of a, a, an operational capability to do what they did. Right. Right. Now let's go back to the seventies for a second here, Sean. I want to ask you, um, at that time, what's your opinion on this? Do you think that perhaps this was not only, uh, you know, to 
kill people just for the sake of killing people. But do you think it was to create terror, which also in satanic cults is a way to gain power as well? How does that tie in with the overall thing of Satanism, you think? Like the idea of going out, scaring a city like New York for a year like it did. You know, how, how does it tie in with, with Satanism in general at that time? Or yeah, even now? At or any even time, now. at any yeah. time, right? I mean, there's always the argument that essentially uh, these kind of operate, you know, terror tactics are operations to basically, um, you know, the same way the media does it now with COVID. It's like to basically put people in the states of fear for, you know, for mind control purposes, for social, cultural control. Um, that's always an aspect of, of why you would deploy, whether it's mass shooters or, um, you know, again, serial killers, uh, these kind of things. There's, there's, there's an aspect of that, which is perpetuation of fear. Um, certainly, if you look at the, 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 the demonic feeding, you know, the demonic concept of feeding on, on people's fear, so you can right. like, harvest, you know, harvest that energy. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because the time period that was chosen was like right in, in the wake of this Big Mac bailout, right, that we know was ultimately it was really designed to to keep New York in a perpetual state of state of uh, debt slavery. You know, I mean, to this day, uh, I believe people are still, you know, when you're paying your tolls and whatnot, you're still actually paying off um, the private banks and whatnot that uh, from the bailouts that they that, gave. Yeah, yeah, they gave the bailout. Right. So mm -hmm. it's like New York's basically been a, uh, in total debt. As a, as a city ever since that point. Um, so it's an interesting you know, point. So it's, it's just interesting, like how a lot of these things sort of mirror each other as far as like putting people into states of servitude, mental, mental, uh, economic slavery, uh, mental, you know, mental states of fear. Um, you know, it's just, it's difficult to know exactly what motivated people like uh, Henry Horan, Professor Dad on YouTube, obviously talks about like some some theories regarding some of the people that were killed being connected to like uh, HS. Was it like was it the uh, Hong? Uh, sorry, the um, Nugent Hand Bank in uh, Australia, right? And like the idea that. that was a drug bank, and so like you know obviously very connected to CIA, very much you know Colby and company were involved with uh, moving money out of. Uh, Sorry, laundering the, the money that was trafficked, that was laundering the drug money from the traffic during the Vietnam era, right? The whole right. you know China era, there was a lot of heroin, as we know, that was right, you know, <laughs> that was being trafficked and a lot of money was being made and laundered through Australia Nugent Hand banks. So that started to come undone in this time period, I believe. And uh, there were some questions raised if some of the people were, you know, either directly like one one was like a secretary, I think. That was part of that uh, apparatus yeah. and then there were other people that might be like tangentially linked to it or to especially the blood bank services that was another issue right some <laughs> of the the yeah how blood banks oftentimes can be used for trafficking but yeah. i said you know is it is it drugs or is it adrenochrome <laughs> because you know the more <laughs> yeah. we learn now right about about uh, we hear a lot about adrenochrome these adrenochrome days and you know the yeah i talked to a military intelligence guy he said look the first time i heard about adrenochrome it was on the wires it was on and I can't tell you who we were monitoring, but it yeah. was this was this was a tra we were monitoring, you know, traffickers, cartel types, and they were talking about adrenochrome. So it's not just a bunch of QAnon people that are talking about this stuff is real. Yeah, and uh, it makes you wonder, you know, some of the people involved that you know that were obviously uh, victims of the Son of Sam, um, as we know, were connected to like uh, nurse nurses, right, or or people who were working around some of these. Um, oh, and for the uh, first shooting, uh, the first shooting was a was an EMT. It was, it was killed. Okay. Yeah. In the Bronx. Um, 
Yeah, and and also um, interesting little. I mean, the other Bronx shooting, um, the the uh, Valerie. Uh, what was her name? Call uh, Suriani. Suriano, Valerie Suriano. Um, you know, she was a model actress. Okay, and that's all we know. Okay, but uh, you know, there's also this like sex element and and child sex element. Oh yeah. You know, within within this case that you you know you pick up on. Uh, there was a a pimp on 42nd Street that was well known to be bringing in people into Yonkers and stuff like that. Uh, you know, were these kids and also onto my park. I mean, even going back before this case, there were there were stories of rituals in there and 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 children from um, a possible nearby orphanage being taken and murdered or or abused in the park. Okay, and uh, so there's that whole element to it. Um, I, 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 it's like you, it's like what you say. You know, it mirrors what's going on on a bigger national level. You got these, you know, the banks and these kinds of things. I just sometimes wonder if, like, it's 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 hard to make all the correlations. You have to kind of like focus in on one thing. You know, it's 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 very it's it's because when you get to that big level that you're talking about, like nobody wants to either if they believe it, they don't want to touch it. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because they're afraid of I mean, obviously, what you just said before about people having to know about this on some level. Right. You were kind of saying that that's absolutely true. I don't think you could have had the son of Sam happening without you know, some kind of level above authority above knowing exactly yeah. what's going on here. Well, one of the most interesting characters to me is Sam himself, right? The, um, yeah. uh, what was his last Sam name? Carr. Carr. Carr, the car, right? The, yeah. yeah. The car family, like who is, you know, who is Sam Carr really? Right. And, uh, what is, you know, cause his phones, he's got a phone answering service, right? This has got intelligence written all over it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially that time right. period. Right. Yeah, and, right. and supposedly, I think um, I, I'm just repeating what I heard. But um, uh, when Sam and Francis Carr got married, they were both stationed, or she she was certainly mm -hmm. stationed in a in a, a military base down, in, I believe, in Maryland that mm -hmm. is known for um, you know uh, clandestine uh, CIA type CIA stuff. stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty interesting. Um, one thing I wanted to say in in this vein is, you know, usually, like with a with a, a serial killer or a robber, they have the same mo. And and this is just my just my opinion. I I don't think one one size fits all in the Son of Sam case because I've heard all the theories, and um, you know, there's the medical connection. Well, that takes care of you know Donna Loria, and. I'm trying to think there was one, one other had had a connection to a hospital. Um, you know, Stacy Moskowitz worked in a, in a, you know, for a shoe company. Um, <clears throat> you know, me, I, 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 I got no connection to nothing. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, my stepfather did work for Citibank. Um, <clears throat> uh, so if you want to make that connection, I, I don't see it, but, uh, he did work for Citibank. I'm not denying that. Um, so I, you know, and then and then you throw in, you know, we we're talking before about uh, using like uh, you know uh, transporting blood to um, 
you know, to throw in some drugs to transport drugs. Um, you know, back in the seventies, uh, certainly in the early seventies, they were using, um, uh, from what I understand, shipping, uh, you know, uh, soldiers back from Vietnam, and you know, in the body bags, there's you know a pound Dr of heroin. Yeah. yeah. So, so now you you know now you throw in the John Carr factor, who you know was you know a mechanic uh, at the Minot Air Force Base, and possibly you know, and again, this is just you know, this is all just uh, spitballing, but you know, there's if we want to go down that route, um, you got to throw in Minot Air Force Base and John Carr being there, um, you know, and you know, uh, transporting drugs or, or flying drugs into that Air, air Force Base. Because, um, I mean, I think this case, um, you know, I think the, the, I guess the main reason was to create mayhem, but um, there just seems to be an awful lot of, um, you know, uh, human trafficking and drugs involved in the case. So I, I think, you know, in my opinion, this case, uh, I don't think we're ever going to, you know, come up with, you know, here's the MO, uh, you know, and all the people uh, connected uh, all have this in common. I don't think we're ever going to find that because I don't I don't think it exists. I, I think I think a lot of these were one offs um, for whatever reason, you know, uh, you know, some of the, you know, some of the drug, uh, you know, with blood uh, tra transporting could could be part of the answer but it certainly doesn't fit all all of us right that's right i mean there yeah. definitely is the potential for a hit squad right like that you know some people <laughs> yeah. are targeted and then you know then there also could be ritual hey we need we need to do a hit tonight because you know for ritual purposes of blood sacrifice i mean it's very difficult very difficult to know yeah, um, yeah. And, and carl i mean in terms of the, the the woman that you were with that night the young lady i mean is it possible that she was a target and you were hit by accident? Yes, that, that's very possible. Um, uh, of course, the, the most obvious um, <clears throat> piece of uh, evidence, if you if you will, you know, her dad her dad was a detective uh, in the 109th precinct, yep. which uh, is where where I lived and where the shooting happened. Um, months later, it it also became the headquarters for the Omega Task Force. Um, I don't think there's any connection there. They tell me the reason they picked the 109 uh, for the Omega Task Force is because they had a second floor that wasn't being used, mm -hmm. so it was more of a space thing. Mm -hmm. um, so, so that that's a, you know it's very possible that um, Rosemary was known, you know, and it was some kind of revenge thing uh, that her father arrested somebody or found something out. That's certainly possible. Uh, more recently, though, um, I've come to learn, and I, when I say more recently, I mean uh, in the last six months, um, I found out that um, Rosemary was babysitting uh, to make, you know, to make money. Uh, you know, she was still going to school, but uh, she babysat, and apparently, the woman she was babysitting for uh, proclaimed herself to be a witch. Hmm. <laughs> this is uh i i i think i might have told you this mike uh yeah we talked about this on you know on the uh, son of sam chronicles okay. all right oh, it, it's not breaking news but uh it, most people don't know it because uh, I, I think this is the only second time i'm talking about it probably um, i got this information from her sister mm. um and uh 
her sister, believe me, has no reason to lie. Uh, she really wants no part of this. Um, <clears throat> uh, but, um, you know, she, she sees the need for, um, she sees a need for uh, the victims to uh, to have some kind of closure. So she's helping out where she can. And when she told me that, uh, that story, I kind of, it kind of blew me away because um, I said, wow, I, you know, I, you know, I, I had no idea that, uh, that a, a witch was involved. We're, we're having a hard time tracking the witch down because uh, Rosemary's not doing too well. Um, so she's, um, she kind of goes in and out of, uh, um, you know, uh, what's the word for? Kind of, you know, yeah, awareness. She's, yeah, she's just not clear, clear thinking. Um, yeah. So, um, so we, we, I mean, I do have a name that we're looking into, but I, we haven't found anything. Um, the other, the, the, another piece of information that that came about of, uh, when my book came out was uh, a, a friend of mine who was a friend of Rosemary's who I'm still friends with, um, bought the book and brought it to me to get it signed. And she asked me why I didn't write about um, Rosemary being followed. So I said, I have no idea what you're talking about. And it turns out the night, the night of the shooting, um, four hours before Rosemary and I met up, she, um, was going to a house party and um when she got to the house party she told everyone she goes some guy was uh, following me <clears throat> and uh and he was wearing like a, a green army fatigue jacket and uh they just kind of poo-pooed it and just said oh rosemary you're just making stuff up and of course you know five hours later uh we were shot at yeah. so um yeah so you know, yeah, you don't randomly, a, you don't it, randomly go following somebody like you're going to, you know, targeting yeah. them if you're just a, a crazy serial killer, right? I mean, it's right. Motivation, <laughs> right? You Otherwise, know, you just walk on the street shooting, you know, like, a, you know, you just walk the street shooting anybody unless there's a, you know, there's got to be an intention if you're following. Right. Somebody. Well, the, 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 other, the other thing is, and this is something that I post to uh, David Berkowitz is, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I asked him point blank, how did you, you know, how did you find us? Like, you know, and because uh, that's that's my burning question: Who shot me? Why you shot me? And how you found me? And uh, and he said, "Well, you know, we were just driving around." And I'm like, "No, I said, <laughs> I said you're lying." I wow. said, "And the reason I know you're lying is, twenty blocks from where I was shot is one of the busiest streets in Queens, hmm. Main Street, Flushing. It's um, it's a it, now it's basically an Asian community, and it's it's like Chinatown. It's open, you know, four o'clock in the morning. There's, the, you know, there's hundreds of people walking around. If you yeah. want to shoot somebody, it, just randomly, you know, yeah, you know, you would have you you would have went there. So um, that that re, you know, like I said, Berkowitz uh, <clears throat> did not tell me, but uh, you know, and I I know he was lying, and I called him out on it. Uh, hopefully, my next meeting with him, he'll. Um, give me a better answer is what's his motivation for not divulging more about the cult itself he he's he's Man. scared about the consequences yeah that you know i mean that that's like a loaded question it's like you know on one hand um it's a real it's a real simple answer <clears throat> he's got you know i mean as best as your life can be in prison he's got it you know he's got access to the library he's got as, as uh, access to the kiosk where he can type out emails uh or, you know, to, to people collect emails from, uh, the outside world. Um, I, I'm assuming he gets to watch TV. Um, you know, 
if he if he if he starts talking, uh, number one, they're probably going to have to put him in uh, you know isolation, and he would lose all those benefits. Um, believe me, I'm not defending him. I'm just answering your question. <laughs> um, and the other thing is, you know, in the, the prison, you know, a snitch is a snitch. Um, you know, so that those are two reasons. Um, I I think he's not he's not talking. I mean, there's there's very few people he needs to protect anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his his immediate family are all gone. He does have a stepsister, mm-hmm. but um, she um, she broke away from him many 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 years ago. Uh, changed her name, and I'm not going to say she went underground, but you're not going to find her. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, he doesn't have to protect her. Um, that it that's his public stance is you know i mean he he used that for years you know they're gonna come after my family um you know although you know he he was uh slashed in the throat um that was early on when yeah you know, after he got arrested 79 79 or 80 right after he was put upstate yeah right wow. so you know uh you know so i don't i don't ha- i don't have an answer i don't think I don't think David has a real answer. I think it's uh, I think it's one of those things where there's several answers. Yeah, it's too bad. Well, and and the, last, the, the last thing on that note is, yeah. Um, yeah. and and this this is definitely going to sound like I'm defending him, but if he if he did want to speak, who would he tell it to? Who's going to listen at this point? Um, you know, even myself, who would love to he, you know have him talk. Uh, where is it going to go? Who, even if he told me everything, where would I go with it? You know, there's well, he no could write a book. <laughs> he can write, yeah, he a write exactly right. <laughs> I, I, I that's about it. My, you know, this is exactly I this is write my story. Book than I did before, right? right. Um, but other than that, story. there's I'm no DA. I don't think there's a DA or a police department that would um, take his his new written confession. No, I don't think it's about that. I think it's about just getting the truth out as much yeah. as he can. You know, yeah. and again, this is why we were talking a little bit earlier. I mean, to me, it's like if you're going to, at the time, obviously now it's difficult, but anyone, you know, who's like a Jim Garrison, right? He's like looking for, trying to figure out what the heck happened here, would have right. gone to the Carr family and said, who the hell is the Carr family? You know, start with that, right? Yeah. The son of Sam. Okay. So Sam Carr. All right. So who's Sam Carr, right? Going, yeah, I would have invested. I mean, that would really was the, the key people that you know are, are somehow connected to this whole story right and what is the origin and as we talked about the intelligence co- component of you know this answering service who you know who are they you know who do they answer calls for um as you said like what is their you know training as far as military intelligence the post you know the postmaster general all this always in europe the postmasters were were controlled by the turn and taxes family in the holy roman empire because it was about information right if you're if you're if you're the postmaster and you, you know, you're you're opening messages you're reading letters you know that's just like uh kissinger yeah. was doing that stuff you know but back at the harvard i mean it's like all the fbi was always doing that right reading letters so it's like bugging somebody's phone you know yeah. now exactly you exactly know? so answering answering services you know heck you gotta have you know intel intel kind of like keeping interests and in, in those kind of things um and so i mean just it's just incredible to me how the car the, the cars how were they- really the the, the primary focus yeah. of the investigation yeah. should have been I, I i i agree 100 with you um i i wasn't i wasn't smart enough 
you know, 30 years ago to even think of that. But uh, in, in, you know, now it's like that, that should have been, that should have been police's, uh, especially, focus, especially when know? it was uh, the daughter that was the one that sent him over there. Right. Wasn't it the daughter? That- well, yeah. And I, I'm still suspect over that, that uh, phone conversation where, you know, the, the NYPD uh, detective uh, justice uh, calls up just to get, you know, uh, you know, can you get in touch with this guy? Cause we want to talk to him. And she and goes she off on a 20 minute rant on David Berkowitz is the son of Sam. It's like, it's a lot of information for, for a, a simple uh, call like that. Yeah. Um, and like you said, you throw in the insurance uh, service, you, you throw in, you throw in the fact that in, in the telephone book, there's a, a listing for John Weedy car, which was a shared line for the, you know, for John and, and, and Weed car. Yeah. Um, and, and that's in one of the letters, um, you know, and again, maybe, you know, maybe not in uh, two, you know, two or three months before they call Berkowitz, but once they call Berkowitz and this is, this is my, my big bone to pick with law enforcement. I have, I have very few issues with the investigation um, in 76 and 77, but once they call Berkowitz and and the ensuing three years where additional information came out, some of which we we just talked about, it was never followed up, and yeah. that's uh, that's a crying shame. The, the cops wanted to just end it, yeah, and, 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 and we got our man, and yeah. that's it. That's and I benevolent. get that too. That's uh, the benevolent know. perspective. I see. I see that this conspiracy because that's actually oh, yeah. That's conspiracy to cover something up. Sure. And you know what's motivating that. Uh, again, I would suggest that there were higher people. There was basically as uh, that's where you get into like the sort of uh, Boots Rothstein, you know, understanding of, of how some of this stuff was working, right? Yeah. Jim Rothstein, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You know what the problem is? All the real killers were killed. Never did jail time, but all the real killers were killed outside. None of them did jail time, and David Berkowitz was the one that was. He was the fall guy. When this thing goes down, you're going to jail. I don't care what's happening. Doesn't matter what's going on. These these guys are killing everybody, and he was there. He was the yeah. lookout, and that pretty much what it was. Well, if if, if that if that wasn't the case in the beginning, it became that at the end. Because when Berkowitz in the last shooting in Brooklyn with Stacy Moskowitz, you know, when he got the ticket at the hydrant, he knew he was going to be busted. Oh, he knew. He and and there's 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 evidence that you know he's he's explained it that that he went tried to stop it right call yes. okay stop what yeah, was going to happen and, and couldn't and you know Ma- Maury Terry had gone and his his investigations basically timed it how long it would have took for him to go from where the car was take the ticket off run back to the shooting scene he couldn't have done it okay the the, the it would have it would have it happened already. He wouldn't have had enough time yeah. to get over that. And don't forget so, the, one mm-hmm. of the biggest problems in New York is parking. Yeah, <laughs> we know that. Yeah. Where, where, you know, when he when he was parked in front of the fire hydrant and pulled away, where did he go park to get back to the shooting scene? He, he drove around. Yeah, yeah. you I know. Mean, so, I, I, I think that's an open and shut case. I mean, there's there's certainly a, a lot to uh, to. Um, to still investigate that i don't think that's one of them though but you know with the call that we car got when she was the dispatch okay i think they were waiting for that call i think they knew they were going to get that call she knew it it might happen 
okay? And she was probably prepared on what to say because she threw everything right at the at the at the guy calling and was like, "Here, he's the son of Sam." You know, so it's like something that should have been investigated further. They should have realized there's other people involved with this. You know what? To me, the strangest thing was where he left the leather. That leather wasn't even his premiership or anything. That was a whole different. That's a whole other thing that didn't really get investigated. They found a leather. I'm the son of Sam. I'm the one doing this. And when you think about it, they were all living with Sam. So you know what? Pretty much, they gave you a lot of clues there. Who, who's who's the right. ringleader? Who's mm-hmm. doing everything? You know. Right. And it was it was done in in block letters. Okay. Yeah. And we know that. John Carl was a graphic designer, right? John was or, or Michael? John, right, right? Uh, Michael. Oh, Michael, excuse Michael me. Michael was a, a graphic designer. John, you know, he John, could, John was pretty much a drug addict. Yeah, that's all he was, right? Michael had a little talent. but And, and again, just, you know, for, yeah. for anyone that thinks, you know, uh, David Berkowitz and John Carr pulled this whole caper off, there's just no way. I mean, yeah. like you said, the guy, the guy, uh, I mean, we, we have, you know, there's hospital reports of two overdoses um, in, um, you know, right right in that time period. So, I mean, this isn't, this isn't, I don't think, he, you know, he's not a weekend warrior, let's put it that way. You know, he, he, had, he had a pretty severe drug problem. But, Sean, this go, kind of goes back to what we were talking about a little while ago about Satanism, okay, where people like that, a, dr- a drug addict, John Carr, okay, Berkowitz, uh you know, a guy. Well, one thing that's kind of a myth is is he's kind of portrayed as like this loner, doesn't have a girlfriend, uh, you know, can't get along in society. It's not true. Okay, he was a social guy. He went out. Okay, he hung out with people, and uh, just got involved with this this group. Okay, and uh, but again, he was a guy that could be manipulated. Well, that was clear. I mean, I think he might have. Yeah. I mean, whether whatever happened to him in the military, I think he yeah. comes back a different person. You know, he's he's basically a bit more dissociated. Um, it's probably something. It obviously activated something that happened to him as a kid. I mean, he's he's a adopt he's a adopted right. So he's he's already you know had some trauma around that. I don't know what what else happened in his upbringing, but uh, essentially, you're basically dealing with someone that uh, when he goes to the military is is a continual it basically activates or, or triggers let's say you know his uh his dissociative issues and i think you see that in some of the the pictures like how this guy can you know basically be an affable normal guy and, and dissociate into this this someone who can be involved in the in a satanic cult and involved in murdering people right, it's, not, right. It doesn't, it's not normal to go out and kill people right? i mean no. it's just like well, like, even, even in the military. You know? I was just going to say, if you're in the military, and and this is you you get into this with your best kept secret show is is you know your boot camp is like you're being trained to kill. You're to a certain extent, but even yeah. then it's difficult. Like yeah. even then they've shown they've shown studies oh, right. of, of how soldiers, how many soldiers in wartime, uh, you know, all through World War One and whatnot, like oftentimes will aim above the enemy. Un, you know, we could call it unconsciously. You could say, oh, you know, wow. just. Just wanting, not wanting to kill, because mm-hmm. it's so it's so difficult. So that's why drugs are, drugs are an important aspect of it. Um, yep. Dissociation, um, getting you know basically getting people into that state where they are just a frenzy, where it's like you know they don't uh, they don't realize what they're doing. Um, 
so terror obviously is an aspect of that so again it's like it's really you know someone like berkowitz um it's interesting how he said you know basically like he he kind of bought into that idea that he was destined to be part of this thing you know that it essentially it was like it was he said talks about it like it was uh before he was born it was almost like he was just sort of I don't know if that's his dissociation or if it's something that happened as a child or it's just the way that he sees himself playing into this ultimately uh, a game. It's a game of higher powers. Um, you know, is he talking about physical powers, you know, physical right. intelligence agency have powers or are we talking like the supernatural powers, you know, Satan and, and forces, you know, demons and things like this and actually understanding that these things are real. Uh, right. they, you know, they do they do work through people. Interestingly enough, uh, Carl, when uh, when you went to see David Berkowitz back, was it November, I believe, you yeah. did that? Yeah. Um, he didn't tell you everything you wanted to know, obviously, but he did. And, you know, with some interesting stuff that he had information about the, uh, you know, stuff that the, the Nazi occultism, like the Thule Society and things like that, uh, papers about there was an interview with peter lavenda right. that he gave yeah. you all right and and um about the process church okay and you know the process church has always kind of been you know linked into this story uh some people believe it's real some don't uh it's it's kind of like you can't really put your finger on it but there, there was a process church element in yonkers at that time that could have been involved with the whole thing, or at least in the planning of it, right? Uh, sure. I mean, th th there's no, uh, th there's no question that the process was um, in Untermeyer Park. Mm -hmm. um, there's, there's not too much evidence that, um, or there's not a lot of evidence that the process church was involved in the center sand. But with that said, um, I think Maury would have been much better off if you said a splinter group of the process church. Correct. Because um, there's fairly, fairly good um, uh, information that um, two members of the process were involved in the Son of Sam cult. Um, you know, take that for what it's worth. Um, As a splinter group, right? They were yeah, kind of yeah, already yeah. out of the process. They were yeah, and yeah. Yeah, that's the old thing. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's hard to keep track of a... Um, uh, an elusive group like uh, the Process Church. I mean, they've changed their name several times. Um, you know, you can find information where they say the Process Church broke up in 1974. Well, if that's true, then how could the Process Church be involved in the Son of Sam in 76? Um, of course, I don't, you know, I, just because they broke, well, what does that mean they broke up? What I think it means is they um, dissolved their... Um, their um, their corporation, the the, final, the the process church of the final judgment, mm -hmm. and changed it to and forgive me, I forget, but they changed it to another name, and they've done that three or four times. It's over like the years. Fr fr friends of dogs or friends of well, now now it's, now it's best that. friends animal sanctuary. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, and there's there's no the, the, I mean there's no denying it's the same people. Mm -hmm. um, I think what the, the the hard part in this is is actually connecting um, the process church or even just uh, some of their members to actually the the son of Sam um, shootings. Um, you know, 
it, there's there's like I said, there's there is evidence that uh, two two uh, members uh, of the process church were involved in the son of Sam. Um, it's you know, know they could have just you know the the group that Berkowitz and Carr were with could have been just influenced by these two people yeah. or, or the process church in general. They, the process church used to hand out pamphlets, things like that. I know those pamphlets were making the rounds, right? right? Yeah, and and uh, you know, I I always I always say this. I think Sean, you you would agree because you kind of alluded to that uh, earlier. Um, you know, bad people hang out with bad people, and um, you know, it, you know, were the card carrying members of the process church that that teamed up with, um, you know, the 22 disciples. I, I, I don't know the answer to that, but I do know that um, there's certainly enough evidence that, that, uh, you know, bad people were hanging out in the park um, and, and, and onto Maya park. And um, some of them committed uh, the son of Sam, you know, shootings, uh, you know, that that's one, one area of research that certainly, um, could use could use more oh, research and i'd like to i'd like to go there call okay and well, we'll and, go there. and, and we'll definitely go there. and well i don't mean just go to Huntama. i mean i think we need to that's an angle that we need to right. look at so there's just one one last thing on on that is um and again this this isn't you know this isn't maury terry because uh um it's detective rothstein that came up with uh the process church and he came up with that in 69 or 70, uh, you know, six, six years before the son of Sam shootings. Um, he's the one that turned Maury on to the, this, this group called the Process Church. So that's, you know, that's, uh, like I said, it's, it's not from one source. I'm not, I'm not saying Rothstein's 100% right, um, but, um, but there, there is more than one person that came up with this. So, you know, you know what? I'm going to ask, ask you guys a question. During this whole thing, what was going on in New York? Because, you know what, it seemed like they had a lot of dis like a lot of distractions to keep people distracted. You had the son of Sam. You had the Bronx with Bernie. Well, everything. You yeah, you're right. You're right, Rob. I mean, everything was, so many was going things on. That was, who, was, who was making money at this time? What was going on? Because at the yep. end of the day, somebody was – there was a lot of distractions. It's like, what's going on now? You distract people with a with coronavirus. COVID. Now you distract people sure. with a Well, back, back then, the back then what it the was going on. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, it was a robbery on the subways. You know, people were savage. Their, people were getting their chains ripped off. People were getting their winter. Isn't coat. it, Carl? Isn't it interesting that we're kind of going back to this? Okay, yeah. you yeah, look at the the, the, the the crime sprees that are going on now, Sean. Okay, we, we're seeing stuff. I lived in New York City my whole life. Okay, we all have. And, and you know, we saw the bad old days. We saw that change for the better. And now we're seeing stuff that we haven't seen in 25, 30, 35 years. Crazy kind of crime, you know, yeah. in, the middle, in the middle of the day in front of, you know, and, and a lot of it is based on a lot of mentally ill people are out walking among us. Okay, and the whole mental health system is really failing people, which you know goes right to the most recent thing, which was that subway shooter. Mm -hmm. Okay, that guy, part of his rants that he had on YouTube, or uh, he said, "I'm a I'm a product of the of the failed mental health system." Right. 
you got to wonder, you know, and again, the big picture, we talked about it before with banks and all that stuff, but also with people that can be used, mentally ill people, okay, mm -hmm. to, to create terror and, and stoke fear. And uh, they're walking among us. And, 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 and you look at also like the bail reform laws that Cuomo started before he, he resigned. Right then was when we started seeing crime tick up. Hmm. Okay. And it was it was these people not getting bail. They oh we they can't make bail. All right, let them out. All right. Hmm. And these people just repeating and repeating and repeating. And the crimes got more violent, more violent. Now we're seeing people just, you know, stabbed and slashed for no reason on the street. Hmm. Okay, in the middle of the day. Hmm. And the subway rides are getting scary again, don't matter where you are. Okay. Hmm. And um you gotta wonder if you if you were logic says, hey. This happened before. Let's not go back there. Right. Okay. Why is it happening again? But you know what? There's like a different element now. Like there's something going on. There's something mm -hmm. in the air. Like something definitely changed. There is something definitely like it's like almost like a weird program. And normal people that wouldn't do something just getting out of their mind. People are on hinge. Hmm. Like a lot of stuff that you, you see on the street is not like you like people are just walking around on hinge. Like this whole yeah. thing messed up a bunch of people's heads. It's almost like the possessor of something. It's like it's like a whole different thing. It's like if you if you watch TV and stuff now, dude, they're doing double worship on TV, like no, like nothing, yeah. and nobody's talking about it. It's like what the hell are you doing for? Yeah, exactly. Well, what, what do you think of that, Sean? You think yeah, there's something to it? It's, it's definitely. Are almost going back to Bohemian Grove with. Let's go out to the woods and everybody fuck each other. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely an intentionality to it. Let's just put it like that, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there has to be. Uh, we just went through this whole COVID thing. You know, Fauci today said that it's the pandemic is over. He, he said that we're not in a pandemic <laughs> state anymore. That's All right, so for him, for you find out. Thanks for the update. Thanks no, for the update, asshole. Right. <laughs> so, but, but we've just been through all this, uh, which to me, whether it was an intentional thing or not, was one big psyop because they got to see what happens when you put a population like America and the world, really the whole world, you know, in this situation, who will comply, who will not. Okay. And I learned a lot of things because I'm a, I work for Verizon. I'm a technician. I work, uh, technically I'm almost a first responder. I had to work through the whole thing. I was still going into people's houses, fixing their phones in, in April of 2020 when everybody was afraid. Okay. And you could just go out on the street. It was just me and homeless people walking around. That's all it was. Mm -hmm. Okay. It was, it was like, uh, well, that survived the pandemic, right? All the homeless yeah. People yeah. Survived. Well, well, I, you know, one thing that, um, I know, you know, Dave from X 22, you've been on his show. Okay. One point that he always makes, and I, I agree a thousand percent is if this was a real pandemic, all the homeless people would have died. Yeah. Okay, because because they're on the street. Okay, they're not they're not eating right. They're not taking medicine. They're not living right. They might be on drugs. They got weakened immune systems. You know how come there's there were more homeless people on the street during COVID than any other time? Right away. So what I say is I I learned things just by being out on the street every day during those months, and I it didn't add up with what I when I went home and flipped on the news at night. It didn't add up with what they were telling me. 
Okay. You know and that's I how I learned a lot of things. A lot of people thought I was crazy. I was, you know, right. we were doing our conspiracy show and we were talking about it. People were like, we can't listen to you guys. We know in the bar, you guys are crazy. Whatever, blah, 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 blah. You know? And it's like now a year later, they're like, oh, you were right. <laughs> you know? Well, we kind of, we kind of see what you're saying, you know, to bring this, to bring this all, you know, full circle, um, you know, back, back in, back in 76, 77. Yeah. Um, everything we're talking about, about Son of Sam really couldn't be discussed. And, uh, you know, because nobody could wrap their hands around it. This whole, that whole you know, say satanic panic. Well, that that you know, I don't know. It it, it became it became like uh, you know, you might as well be, be called a tinfoil wearing you know, yeah. crazy man. Uh, it, people, I don't think people could wrap their hands around it. So, um, I, I think it made it easier for everyone to get away with, to get away with what they did because it's like, oh come on, a, a satanic cult that's killing you know mm-hmm. people. That's ridiculous, uh, you know. Um, same thing with pedophilia. Same thing with human yeah. trafficking. Yeah. If you if you mention uh, you know that you know school teachers or you know whatever, but you know the little league. Pizza coach, gate. Don't say pizza you, gate. <laughs> if, you, if you said that in the seventies or even the eighties, uh, people would say, "Oh, come on, you you just you know you're making this stuff up." But as as cases come to the public. Um, it, it's you know it's certainly now now is the time we can actually talk about uh human trafficking and mm-hmm. um you know but i don't think we uh, you know i i know i know when i started talking about um um you know the the uh, conspiracy and the satanic uh thing with son of sam i mean people that i knew it's a, they stopped talking to me you know i mean we we just stopped talking about the son of sam because they just you know, they just said I'm full of crap, and uh, you know, now you know, 30 years later, we could talk about it. So maybe this is I don't know, you know, to you know, it's like maybe it's a slow, um, I'm not really sure how this works or who's in charge of it, but uh, maybe it's like a slow, meticulous march towards total domination. And COVID might have been, might have been like the last, uh, the last hurrah or or who knows maybe it's no, i don't i don't think it, i don't think it is the last hurrah call i think yeah, i think it was a ser- right yeah i think it we're getting to a point now you think about what's going on in current events right now the ukraine war that kind of stuff you know what what would scare people even more into complying a city gets nuked i hate to say it yeah okay uh what what would what you know i don't I'd like to think that that wouldn't happen, okay, because it's so heinous and insane, and it, it would really probably hurt anybody that was even involved with doing this anyway, you know. But then again, who knows? Because it seems like we're seeing things now since since the 2020 election and all that. We seem to be seeing things that we don't normally see things are happening in a, in a faster pace they're not as careful as they would be you know what i'm saying sean oh, yeah. okay of course like we're kind like of we're kind of seeing okay. how the, how the sausage I'm, is getting made i'm really you know curious. What I mean? <laughs> I'm really curious. this right. is ultimately about you know what everything that was done as far as 
the satanic agenda and we talk about Crowley and whatnot, you know, the dawning of the new age. Well, that's what, that's what's upon us. I mean, there's a reason that they've been doing all these, you know, all this, this, this stuff in a way it's, it's about this time period, right? This it's uh, a lot of social, social experiment. That's what mm-hmm. they're doing. Social Isn't experiments, it? I think. Well, it's deeper than, it's deeper, deeper than, than that. that. It's deeper than that. It's, it's oh. spiritual, man. It's spiritual. It's spiritual. It, well, it's, it's, I believe we are in a spiritual warfare now. Yeah. Okay. When we've been there probably, I want to say the last century, okay, or 50 years, century, something like that. Well, um, thousands of years, but it's basically well, the last century has been, has been, has been, a lot of it has been building. Basically, the world, the apocalypse started really for World War One in a way. Right. And it's, and they've basically been building to where we are now. Right. This, this final, um, yeah, final how do you say this final apocalypse this unveiling yeah and then you know what what is that like exactly. you know what is that you know it's yeah. just very scary times man yeah but it's not it's not scary it's not scary you know because you you know that's the thing you fear fear is the only thing that keeps that's what they feed on they feed on mm-hmm. the fear they feed on the mm-hmm. terror right you let you let them scare you then you know that's how they win you you recognize that they have no power over you they have no authority over you they can't control you. You 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 disempower you basically disempower them just like right. that in Elm Street, like Freddy Krueger. It's like okay, yeah. you know what? I no longer believe in you. I don't. Right. I don't want to play and your that, game. And that stopped his. That stopped his mm-hmm. his power from mm-hmm. that. I remember. Right. Yeah. I'm going to give you a strange theory. I really think this whole thing is going on because they want to have one economic dollar, like yeah. one either the Russian or the China or America, but they're trying to deface the dollar. One of these countries want to have the dollar that's used to the whole world. Like right now, America, one world currency is that what you're trying to say? The currency, yeah, the, yeah. the money, the money. Like the American yeah. dollar is used everywhere. You go anywhere with my, it's the most valuable thing. As much as people say it's not that valuable, it's the most valuable. But now China's making a power move, Russia's making a power move. At the end, it's all about the money. Look what this guy did. Um, Elon Musk just bought Twitter for 44 billion dollars. Why? If you shit on him, guess what? He's going to take you off the platform. I don't know if that's true. I don't, think, I don't think that's really what's going on there. I, 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 don't, I don't think, I don't, I, I think Musk. But I think it's the dollar with China. Look at China and Saudi Arabia, which is going to be very big in the next couple of weeks. Look at those two guys negotiate with each other. And there's going to be a power play to pretty much take down the dollar the american dollar well, that's that's he he he's right Sean in a sense that you know i believe that what i'm watching is these countries that normally use the dollar to trade oil and yeah, things like that yeah, okay. i've been talking about that stuff this, this is another conversation talking about new yeah. world order yeah. stuff for me yeah. it's getting a little late guys um okay i'm i'm waning and i can't get into that whole conversation no no no, no. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't gonna go there too much so all right so sean i want to thank you for coming on all right Absolutely. and uh the best uh the best way to find you sean is is your website okay uh, I guess. sure okay so that's uh www.seanstone.info that's right. Uh, you can mm-hmm. see how he's got all his best kept secret and, and all the other things that he's done, his books and other films. And uh, Carl, what's the best way to contact you? I know you like to answer your emails. Yeah, yeah my email. <laughs> okay, <laughs> what is your email? CDX, the number two, US at Yahoo. 
Yahoo.com. Okay, and your you book. How old I am by, by the <laughs> Yahoo. I know. Yahoo. <laughs> and, and your book, The Son, and Sa- Son of Sam and Me, The Truth About Why I Wasn't Shot by David Berkowitz. Get that on Amazon and everybody that sells right. books. Yep. So thank you, right, Sean. Thank, thank you, Carl. You guys were great. All right. Appreciate Absolutely. it. It's a pleasure. Thank All you, right. guys. Take All right, care. we'll be in touch. You take care now. All right. Take care, guys. Bye. So long. Have a good one, guys. <laughs>